Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, next time somebody gives out to you for swearing, I think you should tell them to go and f*** off. <clears throat> this felt nice. Because not only can it relieve pain, it can also create intimacy, apparently. So... Is that why we enjoy it so much? Well, I'm joined on the line by uh, Phil Smith, who's physicist, engineer and science communicator. Good afternoon, Phil. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm effing delighted to be here, I suppose, is the way to say it. <laughs> yes, I was the only person allowed to swear for that. I had a beep very It'll handy. Be very difficult to talk about this without <laughs> actually swearing. But we are going to do our very best because I just remind yeah. you that this is lunchtime live. Live, live. <laughs> yes, don't worry. So, uh, uh, yes. do you do you swear, Phil? I do. I swear quite a lot uh, at, at various stages of emotion, whether it's enjoyment, like ecstasy, or things happening, or food, or stubbing a toe against a, a table, or anything else. People have lots of different names for it, of course, as mm-hmm. well, like cursing, cussing, swearing, Wearing, bad language, yeah. abusive, foul language, obscenity, expletives, vulgarism. They're all just kind of socially offensive language that are often deemed to be rude, obscene or culturally offensive and in some religions it constitutes sin. Um, But about this kind of thing, like all languages have taboo and it's kind of things that nice people won't say in polite company and they usually cluster around the themes like religion, defecation, disease, sex and other words that people perceive as either can be physically or spiritually harming. Um, it, It is really useful sometimes as it is. Swearing can be a taboo which kind of is a strong real indicator or track of societal values at that time. So things that are taboo will go in and out of fashion like in Victorian Britain when everything was like quite prudish. People were used to name street names to kind of get back at the establishment so they would have there was one street that was called a a, a see you next Tuesday lane shall we say. Oh my goodness Um, really? So wow. just to kind of go back at it, to butt against. And things go in and out of fashion. Like, remember Gone with the Wind? Of like, course, frankly, frankly my, my dear, dear don't, don't give a damn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't really affect us as much anymore. So there's different things. that it, it Look, it affects us a different way and depending on the time. But can you explain, uh, is, of our existence. is there any science behind why it, I, I genuinely feel it can relieve pain when you've said you've stubbed your toe or when I'm very stressed, like you've, you're you're late to a meeting and I can just sit in the car and swear, 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 swear while holding the steering wheel. And I feel better after that. Yes, is the answer. And there's been numerous studies that have been done on it to, to confirm this. Um, and it's it's a release of energy in some way. So instead of being stressed and having it in you, it's kind of a release and a kind of almost like a, a release valve in some ways. There's studies particularly about the pain more recently that are really kind of interesting. So there's a group took about 100 people and did an, an experimental um, analysis of whether repeating or saying a curse word allowed you to feel um, a little bit better. So they kind of took four words. Uh, we the, our, our four-letter F-word friend, uh, they came up, invented two swear words of fouch and twiz pipe and then had a neutral word. So they were kind of assessing these things and variables and they were checking for the emotion rating, the humour, the distraction, a, 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 a kind of a compressor of pain threshold, a, a tolerance of pain, 
pain prescription and then also a resting heart rate. And what they found was that for conventional swearing and saying that, that four-letter four word, they found about a 32% increase in pain threshold and a 33% in pain tolerance wow. and also kind of associated increases with emotion, humour and distraction. And then for the other words like Fouch and Twist Pipe, there was, there, they just didn't see it. So it's really interesting that the, the change in heart rate didn't rain, but there is, a, there is data that says repeating a swear word at a steady pace and volume <laughs> benefits pain tolerance and ex- it was of extending this pain find out to you, whatever you can take, but also the intensity that you can take. Wow. So it ca- it's almost like a little painkiller. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just just get it out there. Just, and it, it's, it's, it's good. Just get it out there. Hang on there, Phil, because I'm, I'm going to bring in a comedian, Steve Cummins. Uh, good afternoon, Steve. Hi, how are you, Marie? So you, are, you, are you a fan of swearing? And if you are, just just tell me yes or no. Don't use your favourite ones. <laughs> I will. I promise you I will wear my good boy pants. Thank afternoon, you. And I will you... not swear even once. But yes, huge fan. Huge fan of swearing. Um, I think it's an answer to Mr. O'Brien, who was my fourth class teacher. Uh, I now want to say to him, I actually do think it's big and clever, despite what you said to me back all those years ago. I mean, we swear... Well, like I think Irish people swear beautifully. I think we have a we have a mm. natural accent for it. I think we got a there's a poetry for it. But I was only just I just did a bit of thinking about this when you asked me to come on. I've I worked out I can swear, like properly swear in about ten or twelve different languages. Um, I love swearing. Like there's a great episode. Now I know this doesn't go well with the maturity of, a, of someone who swears a lot. There's a brilliant episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> where SpongeBob and Patrick star the starfish. They see a rude sentence written on a dumpster. Mr. Krabs is a blank. And they, they, they try and work out what that word is. And then they, SpongeBob realizes it's a sentence enhancer. So they start using it in their daily speech. And as you can imagine, and it's actually a very clever way of teaching kids about swearing. <laughs> but all my takeaway from that was, it is a sentence enhancer. I mean, you can say you're angry or you can say you're bleeping angry. And okay. people will definitely know. And you like, could say um, you enjoyed, you didn't enjoy something or you really did enjoy something by inserting a word. Exactly. Mm. And, but it's all about intent as well. So, for example, you know, like, because uh, Phil was talking there and he was saying about, you know, it's a, you know, certain words would be considered offensive or whatever. But I don't think so. I think it's concept, context has to make it offensive. Like if someone said to me, I don't like Irish people, there's technically, there's no swear words in that, but it's a horrible thing to say. Yes. You know, so it's about when you swear and how you swear. But we all love a good swear. We you do. You know you do. The second, second you learn to drive, you start swearing. The second you're a, a small child as a passenger in your parents' car is when you start to learn swear words. You know, you just do. I remember once my... <laughs> He, uh, my young, my youngest, who's now six foot three, but I remember him saying, uh, in the car, he go, he just went. There, there aren't as many effing morons on the road today. That <laughs> <laughs> a very similar wow. story. Very similar story. My, my niece Kerry, who's now in her twenties, uh, I was in the car with her and my sister. She was in a little car seat. She might have been three, and we were stopped at traffic lights in Griffith Avenue. And anybody who knows those lights will know that they are the most annoying effing lights in Dublin yes, and she important. said it these lights are so effing annoying and we could do nothing only laugh because clearly her mother had said that every single time she was at those lights every so time. every single time uh, there's a couple of texts in here um, the C word should never be used ever unless you're talking about wasps that are in your cider <laughs> you see so there you go this is, there's always there's always a codicil there's always a way where you can use a swear word I mean if we weren't you know, covered by, you know, rules of behaviour on the radio and yes. whatever, BAI. Um, 
I mean, the stories I could tell you. There's one, just I won't, I won't give you the, the can read, but a man walked up to me when I was with my then six-year-old, and he came up and he swore to me, he swore at me by complimenting me, if you know, you are a funny bleep, right? Okay, yeah. And I went, oh my Lord, this is my son. Like I went, this is my son here. He went, oh, sorry. He leans down, he goes, your dad's a funny bleep. <laughs> <laughs> so he really meant compliment. it. Well, uh, he really meant it, but he didn't get the, the, that there was a problem. Okay, well, on that, I'm going to come back to you, Phil, because there's another text in yeah. here to 87 uh, People who swear are more honest. Fact. Is that is that is that a fact? Yes. Can can we back that up? There's no direct correlation with someone who swears and whether they're trustworthy or not. But by swearing with someone, you can get someone to trust you more. So there has been other studies that you like. It's called like it's good humoured swearing. Like I mean, like we were talking about with saying earlier on, like it's a compliment in some ways. They would have studied that in offices where it's kind of historically formal. If you're like able to swear with someone in that, it gets them to trust you that you're actually showing a vulnerability. So because it's a bit taboo. To to say something in public or to curse that way. If you do it to someone and you're kind of going, I'm doing something I shouldn't, you're trying to endear yourself to them and you seem more friendly and vulnerable. So naturally, by doing those things, you seem more trustworthy to them. <laughs> However, it doesn't mean that if someone curses that, yeah, okay, I will give you this cash and I will trust I you. I will trust you. Because it's funny, it, we, you know, we said earlier on that it can also create intimacy. And before I'd seen that, I had said to the team in the office that I will only swear around people I know very well. I, If I just meet somebody maybe once or twice, I, I will make sure I don't swear in front of them because I don't know what their take is on it. Obviously, nobody's going to swear in a job interview or anything like that. So sure. it, 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 you, what you've said there, that, that, that makes sense. It can create intimacy. It means it's more you're more trusting. Absolutely. And it is that kind of intimacy and you're meeting someone on their level or your level even. You're kind of opening yourself up. It's a tool to to convey emotions, like to get across how you really feel. Like even there's a great series on Netflix. Well, I think it's great. It's not reviewed that great. But Nick Cage, possibly why he's hosting it on the history of swearing. And he's like, look, actors' greatest tool is their imagination. But swearing's definitely up there because you're being able to like really get that emotion across across in a way that people naturally talk and there's certain industries or businesses or jobs that people would consider that swearing is more appropriate Mm. than others but it it is this it's an emotional response and it's colourful and like 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 Irish people, uh, as it's been said, do do it incredibly well. Mm. And, and, And very quickly though, what about is there a difference or perceived difference between men and women swearing? Oh, neither of you want to take that one. Oh, oh no! I'm happily, I'm happily, I'm happily. I thought you were still talking to Phil. No, Steve, you tell no, me. What are your thoughts on ahead. that? Like, I mean, what's your there's no, there's no difference, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to do a very simple test right now. Okay. And every single solitary person who's listening, <laughs> all over the country, whether they be in their cars, whether anyone else, I'm going to sing one line of a song, and every single solitary person listening to me is going to swear in their own head afterwards. Okay. Okay. Right. Promises. So will both of you. Okay. For 24 years, I've been yeah. living next door to Alice. Alice! Fill in, exactly. Fill yes. in the blanks yourself. Exactly. It is hardwired yeah. in all of us. It's in it our is, DNA. it is, it is. We swear. Uh, uh, finally, Phil, uh, uh, you, yes. you have a festival where you are challenging taboos coming up very soon? 
Well, yes, I do. It's, it's a different kind of language, though, in, in some of the events. It's the language of love and intimacy, though. So we do have an event. It's called Come Here Till I Tell You is the festival. But the event in particular that I'm kind of talking about is it's called Come As You Are. It's a, a, a talk with Shauna from Sex Shopper and Fidelia, who's a, a, a sex psychologist, talking about kind of language of intimacy, pleasure, uh, sex, lots of different stuff. It's on the complex next week. But if you go to Kamir.ie, you'll see that and a lot of all the other events that we're running and you can see uh, how you can ex- expand your language in many different countries. In many different ways. Well, thank you so much, Phil Smith, physicist, engineer and science communicator and comedian Steve Cummins. Thank you so much. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.